if you have people that totally support you and have your back, I feel like you have all the confidence in the world. And you believe that you can do things that most people can't achieve. I feel like that's really important. Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that was a lead-in with Nicolas Cage quote. Trust me, it'll make sense for this podcast. So our return guest is Eric Olson. And Eric was our very first podcast guest. And we welcome back Eric with open arms and ears and his triumphant return to the Burritos, Breaks, and Flies podcast. Eric is the GM of the world-renowned Whitney Peak Hotel in Reno, but mostly importantly, he is a passionate outdoorsman and fly fisherman that can really bring some sweet fish to the net. And also, since we're on the topic of outdoor fun, take a moment to write this number down, 775-657-6050. This number will lead you to another outdoor guru, Jeremy Oxner of Oxner Insurance. Jeremy will help you handle all of your insurance needs, whether it's auto, home, or life, to make sure that you have a peace of mind on the water. Give him a call. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's do this podcast with Eric Olson. Enjoy. All right, and welcome to another episode of Burritos, Breaks, and Flies. Today, we have a special guest. Matter of fact, our very first guest, all the way back from December of 2019, episode one, Mr. Eric Olson. Welcome back, Eric. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me again. No, totally. Well, totally. <laughs> it's exciting to be with the person who started it all. And, you know... One of the things that I was so excited about was you being with the Whitney Peak Hotel and, and how that represents that new side of Reno, that attraction of adventure, fly fishing, uh, mountain activities. Uh, there, there's so much. And it kind of, yeah. to me, represents that, that new philosophy of the outdoor life as opposed to the old draw from the olden days. Absolutely. And, yeah. And, and I got, I got to say so you guys, I, yeah, you guys have done a, a killer job since the first episode too. I remember our first episode, we were at the hotel yeah, and you guys put, we had a suite and you stacked pillows up and put your cell phone on top. That's how, <laughs> yeah. that's how you recorded the podcast. And now, you know, Nico dropped off this fancy microphone, fancy headphone, this new streaming service. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's progressed bit by bit and it keeps progressing and it's, it's awesome. It's fun. And I think we owe a, a, a debt of gratitude to you for helping us get this off the ground with the first episode. It had a really good reception and, mm -hmm. and rightfully so. I mean, it's, you know, like Eric was saying, it's really cool that you, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're heading up and managing the Whitney Peak Hotel, which has that whole outdoor theme to it and what a better person to have in that position than you i mean being Thank an outdoor you. enthusiast yourself it kind of you lend you lend towards the vibe there and you know and and the guest expectations and stuff so it's not it's not a canned theme it's a living theme so a lot Thank to be you. said I, about that so yeah well, i appreciate that yeah we we try to live what we sell yeah and and just and just maybe for the listeners yeah. i didn't catch that first episode Eric, yeah. maybe once you want to uh, give a little background on yeah. like your outdoor background so they know uh, where you're coming from, so they know you're legit. 
Yeah. So, uh, Eric Olson, I'm a native Nevadan. I'm currently the general manager at Whitney Peak Hotel in downtown Reno. It was, a uh, kind of refurbished casino. It used to be the Fitzgerald's casino and we refurbished it into a non-gaming, non-smoking hotel, uh, higher price, completely independent, uh, really cool. We get to, there's, you know, there's no red tape of a big property. If somebody wants to change something on my staff, they run it by me. If we like it, we change it and move forward. Uh, and then a little about myself. So yeah, uh, native Nevadan grew up here, grew up in a very outdoorsy family, a lot of camping, uh, fishing and upland game hunting. Uh, so primarily a fisherman fish all throughout Northern Nevada. And that kind of sums up my, my background. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're putting it, uh, you're putting it lightly as far as the outdoor activity goes. You're, you're pretty hardcore, um, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say, uh, during last year, this whole COVID year, I, I probably camped every single weekend. I, I traditionally have to work a lot of weekends just being in the hotel industry and being busy, but COVID allowed obviously business to slow down a little bit. So I was camping and fishing a ton. Right. What were some of your standout activities and locations? So I would say, uh, the biggest place I fished this year was probably wall Canyon reservoir. And, you know, I got to give one of your previous guests a little crap. Cause I know he kind of called out that reservoir. It's, it's a little further than squaw, uh, a little hidden gem. Um, awesome fishing. It's, completely desert, no camp spots. You kind of just pull over next to the reservoir camp. Uh, but almost every fish you catch is 20 inches. And just to protect the sanctity of that, that, uh, that fishing hole, they're all carp, right? Yeah. Carp. Different exactly. species. We got grass carp, golden carp, Asian carp, yeah. right? right. <laughs> all, all bottom feeder fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we've heard a lot of good things about that. And then you had another one. Now you had, you had a, a a monumental trip uh out to eastern nevada yeah 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 so every year i uh it's actually my my whole family every year we go out to lamoille canyon and then the rubies it's kind of our our traditional trip so we usually spend a couple days in lamoille canyon at that i forgot what the campground's called out there and then my brother and i hike up to lamoille lake and liberty lake alpine lakes they're full of tiger trout brook trout and they have that just iconic stream coming down from the mountains that's only two two feet wide and every cast you're catching tiger trout they're small but there's a lot of them so we do that for a couple days and then we drive back into elko and then go over harrison pass to the ruby marshes and spend the week bass fishing nice yeah nice it's, it's something it's something we've done since i was born it's actually an interesting story my my dad, you know, fell in love with my mom and one of the one of the main things he said that he loved about her is their honeymoon was spent two weeks in the Ruby Ruby Marshes fishing. Wow. That's <laughs> that that's, is great. Yeah. Yeah, you and know what, how, <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those places that's not not super uh I mean I won't say it's not super well known, but yep. it's not a it, it it doesn't seem to fit the bill of popularity uh as Western Nevada would. Yeah. Like, you, you know, know it's, you know, it's a, it's a big drive out there, but it's all, uh, you know, marshland and protected for bird watchers and things like that. But, you know, we, we wake up at, 
it, it's something where you don't have to wake up too early since they're bass. They like the warmer water. So, you know, you're waking up at eight, you're cooking breakfast, and then you go out there, you get on a boat, and uh, you just fish the marshes, and the marshes are just stock full of largemouth bass. Um, I mean, you're limiting out every day. You're trying to cook the fish at night just so you can catch more and keep more the next day. So, you know, we, we go up there, we catch a lot of bass, we eat it for lunch, we eat it for dinner, and then we do it again the next day. And then at night, they have a lot of the canals all around the marshes and they are full of just massive trout. Wow. And you know, how do you, how do you access them? I know it maybe here, I'm trying to get you to indulge a little bit on your yeah. recent purchase. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was going to say you could probably try to try to walk these shorelines, but being a marsh that probably isn't too feasible most of the time. So why don't you tell us yeah, a little you, bit about your access out there <laughs> and how you do it? Well, you know, next year in the future, now that I have one of these fancy loop tackle rigs, it's going to be a little easier so I don't, huh. get, so t- so I don't get so tangled. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. <laughs> but no, in the marshes, I actually I have a Flycraft boat. Uh-huh. So I have that and I have an electric motor on it. Uh, so I take that out there. And, you know, it's a super stable platform. So we're able to stand up and fish off of that and What's nice about the Flycraft is it's pretty small because a lot of the a lot of the places you're going through you have to eventually paddle just because the motor gets so tangled with weeds. So right, yeah, right. Ben's got some experience on the Flycraft. He was on the shakedown cruise of the uh, of the three man, right, Ben? It was a a true YOLO moment. We <laughs> went down a few drops. We pulled it out. Uh, we ran straight into. A bridge piling took it like a champ. It was uh, quite an adventure, but it's definitely um, was something we're not going to forget. Yeah, and, and <laughs> we ended up. It, it was midnight when we finished. Yeah. <laughs> so Ben, I, Ben, I, I know I've told Nico this. So I have a a two man stealth flycraft, and my brother and I took the inaugural run downtown. Um, I think from oh, Idaho. I love it. Oh. Oh, we flipped it though. It was one of the scariest moments of my life. Where? Where did you flip oh, it? Oh, it was in one of the major rapids. Um, I forgot exactly oh. where, but we hit a rock and it turned sideways and it flipped. And man, and you know, I had my dog in there and I had him on a leash and it was one of the scariest things ever. I mean, he got stuck. Oh, he wow. was hanging there. I had to like grab him, pull him up, um, and we had to pull it out. But you know, we we bilged the water out and then. Went back down the rapids and made it, it to our truck. It's it, it was in that spot, Ben. Oh wow. It Ben, it was in that spot where um uh man, I'm trying to describe it for you. There's there's a dam. So there's a park there's a park that we park at and it's right on the river and it's at one time we went we had the creepy fisherman that kept like just hovering in the bushes. It wouldn't speak to us. I don't know if you remember that, but it was up in that area. So it was next to one of the broken dams. Is that where the whip cracker was? Oh, no, this is way the further up. Got... No, no, this is way up uh, uh, right below uh, what I call Dork Star. However you say <laughs> it. I just call it Dork Star. So below Dork Star. And, uh, yeah, on that, that chunky rock section, and it starts getting all quick and, and crazy. So... Uh, <laughs> oh, it's really deep right there, right? Right get, by it, the bank. It gets deep. Yeah, by the bank, it was it was really really deep. Yeah, yeah. But that was wow. a uh, that was a scary ride. So I've, I've 
I've taken it mostly now to uh, to reservoirs. I did some stampede fishing with it. Now that I have a, a electric motor, I got it registered. Um, last year, caught some kokanee salmon, but on a spin rod, just trolling. And then, where else have I taken it this year? That might be it. I, I did a lot of the rubies, and then uh, I took it to Wall Canyon. My brother and I'd go up there for chucker hunting season, and we'd we'd hunt in the morning, take the boat out at in the afternoon, and fish all day. Yeah, and you do you do a considerable amount of chucker hunting as well, don't you? Yeah, quite a bit. I'm I'm not a good hunter, but I go out a lot. <laughs> oh I, do, I do a lot of hiking, not hunting. <laughs> it, it. <laughs> that's my favorite part of fly fishing. Yeah, you know it's that's what I tell everybody. I'm like, it's still so relaxing just being out there, even if you're you're hiking with a gun and you don't see anything. At least you're outdoors. <laughs> and you're kind of you're kind of quasi responsible, like. I, I'm I'm glad that you do both sports because you you have you have a great a great depth within that hunting community to kind of yeah. like bring them to light on the fly fishing side because I know a lot of guys that do both they do a lot of you know whether it's it's game hunting um, duck hunting or chucker hunting and it's kind of cool to see them transition like they're like hey I, I got to finish out the duck season. You know, and then yep. I'm, I'm eager to hop into the the fly fishing season because they they kind of correlate in a way where they both feed off of each other, and it, it's nice to see the two communities coming together because ultimately you have that same common goal of, uh, you know, being outdoors, respecting the outdoors, and bringing having the best possible experience out there while at the same time, you know, being individual advocates, um, you know, for the outdoors in general. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That- I mean, that, 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 that's spot. On. I mean, the good thing about fishing is, you know, it's all season long. So if, if there is a hunting gap or anything, people can just pick up a rod and fish. That was actually something I heard on the, I don't know if you guys listened to the meat eater podcast. It's kind of a big game hunter podcast, but they were defining what a true outdoorsman is. And these guys hunt as much as they can every day. The season's open, they're hunting and he was giving crap to his partner because his partner likes to ski. Uh huh. And his art, the Steve Rinella's argument is every day the season's open to hunt. If you're not hunting, you're not a true outdoorsman. And since his partner likes to ski, he's like, you're not a true outdoorsman. Oh my God. Because <laughs> you're skiing and not hunting. <laughs> That's rough. That's yeah. rough. But let me remind you, there is, there, there is no other podcast out there except ours. Oh, so, that's right. Right. So. Fiction, (laughs) figment of the imagination. No, but that's true. No, no. And it's funny, you know, because you get, you get diehards like that and and fly fishing as well. And, and I think so many of us want to fit that mold, but it's, that's pretty difficult (laughs) with, with, with everything going on. It's just, you know, unless you're, uh, in the position to be independently wealthy and whatnot. Yeah. Well, that's the good thing though, Nico, I can't tell you how many times we've, We've gone on the river in the middle of a work day, you know, we're for- fortunate enough to get out there and enjoy the day. Oh yeah. No, you got to make it work. You know, you got to take advantage of the opportunities and, and that, and that's the great thing. And I, that's, that's another thing I kind of like to, to bring to light is that, uh, your enthusiasm for, for fly fishing is pretty contagious. You know, I know you don't get a ton of opportunity to do it, but I know anytime Ben and I have gone with you, um, it's always fun regardless of what happens. And there's always something interesting that happens, whether it's a great catch or a no catch yeah. or, you know, the, the, the odd thing that happens, you know? So, um, 
And, Absolutely. And, and speaking of speaking of that, and I'm sad that that Ben missed it, <laughs> but at that time we got to go out to the mid, and yes, that was that was just it was it was like a I won't say a, a textbook trip, but it was the shortest like best result trip you could make. Well, why, 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 why don't you explain to the audience what what you came up with because it was yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I I usually uh, I mean about what is this two years ago Nico and I fished the Truckee a ton. I think last year I only made one trip out with Nico and we went out to Pyramid uh-huh. and we took a half day at work. We went in the afternoon, so I don't know. We were probably on the water for two and a half three hours most, but he that wanted to show. Yeah, he wanted to show me his his new rod setup and everything. And this is the second time I've been to Pyramid. The first time I was on a friend's boat. And I caught a pretty large fish. I was pretty excited. He was yeah. all excited for me. So, so we got we got on the water. I have my own pyramid rod, but don't really know what I'm doing. Nico's got his nice setup. I would say within 30 minutes, he catches his first fish. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe 20 inches, nothing too crazy. Yeah. And then maybe 15 minutes goes by again. And he catches just a monster. I mean, we could we could see him catch it. It's swimming in. I, I think it was your your personal best, right, Nico? Out there, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So he catches that. I'm all you know happy for him. It's it's a big fish. We get it in the net. We take our photos. Uh, everything's good. And then he goes, you know what? Let me. I have a five weight in my in my truck. Let me give it to you. I want you to try it out. I think it's eleven foot five weight. Yep. So he, he gives it to me, and then I'd say within 15 minutes, I catch just a dinker. Just probably the smallest fish I've caught out at Pyramid. Well, it got you on the, you were on the board, though. You're in the game. Was, you're in the game. I was, I was on the board, and it was funny because I remember you were like, well, do you want a photo with it? And I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'm just embarrassed. I'm like, no, I don't, don't want a photo. Like, this is horrible, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, we, we put it back. I get back on the ladder, and I would say, I don't know, 30 or 45 minutes passes. And I'm just thinking in my head, I should have taken a picture. You know, nobody's going to believe I (laughs) even caught a fish out here. And then all of a sudden I caught the monster uh, on a five weight, about a 20, 20 pound fish. I forgot, forgot the length on it, but it was an absolute monster. It was, it was fat. It was a big fish on a, a a five weight rod too. I mean, the whole, whole pole, whole pole bent. Nico did a good job netting it. Uh, yeah, we netted awesome we, experience. Yeah, we netted that thing quick because we were we were over at Sandhole and and Ben just to paint the picture for you over at Sandhole it's just a, it's a, it's a sand beach and it it drops off really quick and so uh, with with that drop off um, you want to make sure you get that fish in as quick as you can and uh, yeah we we netted it as quickly as possible and. Uh, it was awesome. It was just the expression on, on Eric's face was pretty, pretty priceless. <laughs> what time, what point did you know this was going to be the big one? It, uh, well, ask it. It would seem pretty quick. Would you say, Eric? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a five weight pull. So I mean, I probably could have caught a fish half the size and it would have felt the same. I mean, it was a, it was a rock coming in, but I mean, when you're out at pyramid and you get the first turn of the fish and you could just see the side of the fish, you know, right away that it's just, a big big fish yeah and i know we i minimized the fight time with it it was just rushing in there with with the net 
and big big thanks to Adams built on his salmon steelhead net because those things just have that huge basket and that huge opening. But we yep. just we just stabbed that thing. Eric and I saw that thing turn because he kind of he I had him get off the ladder. You're walking backwards. I said, hey, just walk backwards to the shore. And that thing got close, and it did a belly turn. We saw the flash, and we we're like, "Oh my god!" And yeah. it just just dived in after it because that would have been. I mean, you got fight out of it, but it would have been a ride. It would have been yeah. a ride because once that thing figured out something was going on. <laughs> yeah, and I think we had uh, we had three fly fishers to the left of us, and then yeah. two spin fishers to the right, and yeah, nobody else was catching fish. We were knocking, we were knocking dead. Yeah, and that was it. I think we stayed for what my half an hour. After yeah. that, we're just like, oh, let's just see what happens. And we're like, is it really going to get any better? <laughs> oh, I, th- I, I think we both caught our biggest fish out there. So we're yeah. like, you know what? Let's make it an early day. I think, yeah, I think I was home by 4, 4.30. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> it was a perfect day. Ridiculous. And and I wish they went like that every day, but that it was it, it been a consistent season out there, but you, you came out at the right time. So, yeah. That was that was awesome, super awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and just for anybody listening, that's how Nico gets you because I did that, and then I had to buy a bunch of stuff because I fell in love with it again. <laughs> I, you had to buy a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I got a new. I got an Adams built net. I got a new rod reel. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, it's it's important to have the right gear and stuff. So it, it is. It know. is. You got to have it. Yeah. Absolutely. It, and Ben's been through the same experience. I mean, as far as Having the right stuff in hand goes a long way, wouldn't you say, Ben? Yeah, it's surprising. Gear really does make a difference. I like to start out with the basics, but, you know, when you, you change to something that you know feels right, yeah. you can't beat it. No. And, no. I, you know, I was going to ask, it's a, a little bit off subject, but there's some big changes happening at um, Whitney Peak. Uh, do you, can you tell the listeners about what's opening up there? Yeah, we have a, uh, it's, it's funny you ask. Yeah, we have a new restaurant opening, Cafe Whitney. It actually, our grand opening is tomorrow through Saturday. We're almost booked out completely, but new menu, uh, great chef at the helm. And things are really picking back up after COVID in the hotel industry. Weekends are 100% sold out. Uh, but we have some good good food on the menu it's kind of family friendly uh but it's also a good place for date night there's fillets on it a lot of pastas uh, octopus so some really really good dishes yeah and thank you ben yeah and we're, we're exactly yeah. like for, for those that may or may not be familiar um where is where is whitney peak hotel exactly like you, it's yeah. funny i come across people in reno and they're like oh whitney peak uh wait where's that at so maybe you yeah. can kind of, yeah. Yeah, so Whitney Peak's right at the famous Arch downtown. Um, so it's the old Fitzgerald's Casino, the old Leprechaun Casino. So it's it's right at the Arch, and it is probably two or three blocks away from the Truckee River. So I always tell people that come in that like the outdoors, I'm like, you got to walk down there. You'll you'll see people fly fishing directly downtown. Um, it, and maybe an important question, Eric, would be how outdoor friendly are you? Let's say... For, for the sake of the podcast, we got a bunch of fly fishermen here. Um, you know, what, what, what can that fly fisherman do? Can he, you know, can he bring all of his gear in the room? You know, what, what does all that look like? And what does the parking situation look like? Yeah. And, you know, give, give yeah. everyone the warm and fuzzy there. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're very friendly to the outdoors. There's artwork inside the rooms that show the outdoors. Um, it's, it's really cool too, out the windows, if you're facing South, 
you can see the river from your room. We constantly have mountain bikers bringing their bikes up to the room. Uh, right now, because of COVID, we're, we only have valet on the weekends, but we have a parking garage right across the street. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, very, very family friendly. Friendly. We also are pet friendly. We have seen just a huge uptick in animals traveling with guests, um, just because of all the closures and everything. But yeah, we we have good dog packages too. If your dog comes, you know, we have toys for them that are branded Whitney Peak. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Nice. And that's kind of a really yeah. cool package. Hey, Ben, wouldn't you say like you could you can do an all day trip, whether it's on the truck here, if you're up in the Sierras or, or, you know, Pyramid or Frenchman's or Davis and you could come down and have a nice room because Ben, what, Ben can give you a little description of the room. Why don't you, why don't you remind us about exactly the Ben feel, the Ben take on the Whitney Peak room? So, yeah, I mean, my, my perspective on a room as far as, you know, space, as far as style. I've been in a lot of hotel rooms. I used to work at the Marriott. I was on the vacation club side. I've stayed at a lot of different hotels. Um, but I really like the rooms because you walk in and, and you've got the height in the room, which is nice. Yes. And we were at, as you mentioned earlier, we did our uh, podcast in one of your suites. And there's just something relaxing about it. It's it's just the style and the vibe of the place. You really feel like you've gotten into a different setup. And I, I do like that it's pet friendly because, you know, I with COVID, my wife especially, she's a college teacher, so she's teaching online. And I know our dog is so attached. And the dogs, I mean, they're, I'd imagine they are spoiled. So as things open up, that's going to be tough for a lot of, a lot of families. Cause when we yeah. travel now, you know, we're so used to being with the dog that we don't want to leave her somewhere else, it, you know? And so it makes it really nice that, that you guys are pet friendly, especially after the COVID. Yeah. And there's, there's actually a uh, dog park, the residents our, na- our resident neighbor has actually had built, um, but anybody can access it. It's right across the street. They have a small dog facility, big dog facilities. So it's an ideal place to stay with a pet. No, and it's super nice. And I think, I think the whole aspect of non-gaming, I mean, pretty much everything in your sector revolves around gaming. And then when you have either that, that outdoor focused trip where gaming may not be the ideal thing, to situate yourself into after a long day outdoors because you're just probably wrecking the next day. I'm sure I'll get some people that disagree with me, but I'm just saying, you know, you just have yeah. that atmosphere where you're like, man, I could breathe clean air. I can yeah. have a non-stinky room and I can go downstairs and have a good dinner and get myself, you know, set for the next day all while you still feel like you're in that outdoor environment. You know, yeah, so. yeah, we still we still get a lot of people that stay with us that gamble and you know they want to they want a clean place to stay exactly so they'll go gamble across the street at the row at night they'll stay with us and then even other large casinos in Reno um, they'll reach out to us sometimes because they'll have guests some of their VIPs they're flying in the gamble that want to stay in a non gaming non gaming hotel so they'll put them up with us because we are non branded you know we're not a Marriott we're not a Hilton so we're not necessarily trying to steal that guest permanently right. We're just a clean place to stay. We have a nice restaurant, and then they can go out and spend a lot of their leisure at the casino. That's awesome. And I think I think I can hear Ben over there in the background. I think he wants to transition to an important part of the podcast. Ben, 
You think it's you know, about that time? The, yep, <laughs> it's about that time uh, to ask about your favorite burrito. But before I do, I was just thinking about that bass you pull up at the Ruby Marshes. <laughs> yes. You know, we have a golf course by our house that has bass. But I don't know. I, I just, um, I might get too much crap from my neighbors. But I did want to know, how how do you prepare your bass uh and then tell us about your favorite burrito. <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> totally different things. Yeah. Uh bass on my side's pretty pretty simple cuz I just do it the same way my dad did, just beer battered bass, simple with some lemon. Um I really like fish, fishing in the natural state, so the, the less stuff I put on it the better for me. Uh, and then burritos, I got to say I was the the first person, and I said the Walden's burrito. I got to stick to the Walden's burrito still, and that's a still, breakfast burrito. The raining burrito, the, wow. the chorizo burrito. But a good one of the burritos I made this year actually. Uh, I went on my best friend's desert sheep hunt out in Tonopah, mm. and he got he got a desert sheep, and he gave me some of the ground sheep, which I've I've never had, and my brother and I have never been ice fishing as adults, so. <laughs> We, we went out to Wild Horse in, I believe it was January, and we caught a bunch of perch and rainbow out at Wild Horse. If you haven't been ice fishing, go. It is an absolute blast, but put a stove out there, and we made uh, desert sheep ta- or burritos, and they were delicious. Wow. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Wow. Well, what's the was- consistency of your tortilla? What type? <laughs> size it, it was just a it, it was actually a large flour tortilla i had a lot of desert sheep i didn't want to waste any of it and i opened it you know the meat was in the yeti i didn't want to waste it so we we cooked it all and i think it was just you know we seasoned it with salt and pepper i think we had some tapatio cheese and just a tortilla and that was it did you have any containment breaches Beautiful. any containment breaches meaning did you stuff the burrito so much that you had breaches in the wall of the tortilla oh yeah absolutely and it was just it was solid meat i mean we ate it just meat sweats in the middle of the ice well here's another (laughs) i bet and good thing you were on the ice uh but uh this is an important question because that that's you know when you have a breach like that what what was your what was your your game plan there like did you do any thinking ahead of time of going okay i'm packing this burrito pretty full and the potential for a breach is high did you did you get your brother involved? Did you get some teamwork in there saying, "Hey, if you see this, you know, this you know, uh immediately place plate underneath or immediately slap your hand over it or uh, yeah. what 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 was your plan of action there? Or did you just did you just cover it up with your hand and just like eat out of the palm of your hand what fell out of the Ex- Exactly. So we're oh. we're we're uh we always like to say our last name are the Olsons and we're just we're born campers and hunters and fishers, so we're dirtbags. So just put the hand over it and kept eating. I can picture it now. Ben, can you see this? <laughs> Instead of like O'Doyle rules, it's Olsen rules, and you're like throwing <laughs> banana peels all over the place. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's there's nothing wrong with having a little dirt in your food. <laughs> oh, That's right. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. My, well, uh, gr- my grandpa, he's pretty well known as a camper. He's he's passed, but... um. He was a welder. He spent a lot of time camping. He worked on the California aqueduct um, in his younger days. But when I was a kid, he would take us camping and, you know, I'd have orange all over my hands. They're sticky. And he'd say, 
Ben, let me show you how to clean your hands out here. You reach down and you grab this pile of dirt here and you rub your hands together. And now they're not sticky. And I'm like, yes. Oh, my God. So I do find myself doing that every now and then when I have something sticky on me camping. <laughs> so I won't judge you guys. <laughs> That's perfect. Absolutely. That's perfect. That's perfect. And Eric, do you have any? Do you have any big fishing plans coming up, or what? What are you looking at in the future, uh, uh, fly fishing wise? Uh you know, obviously, hopefully, some more trucky, uh, trucky fishing. I'm actually hanging out with you tomorrow on the trucky. <laughs> oh yeah, forgot about that. We got that tomorrow. But uh, other than that, the only one I actually have planned is the rubies again. We always go in July. Um, a week out there, but other than that, I'm definitely getting into ice fishing. I, I gotta buy some of the equipment. We we brought a hand crank auger out there. The auger is what you drill the hole into the ice with, and uh -huh. that was a mistake. You have to have a gas powered one. The the ice was super thick, but everybody out in you know eastern and northern Nevada is so friendly. We just people were lending us their auger to drill holes and everything. But oh, nice, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it was great out there. Highly recommended. So ice fishing for sure, what, hopefully quite a bit. What kind of bait do you use when you ice fish? Uh, live worm, corn, um, and just power bait. I don't believe you said the P uh, word. <laughs> I know, but it's a, and I don't know if you've seen the, the ice fishing rods. They're like two feet long. They look just like a fishing pole. Yeah. And you just drop it down the hole and you kind of just wait there. But they were Wild horse was crazy this year. They were hitting almost every five minutes. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's incredible. I it love it. Really, really, really good fishing. Yeah. And I do remember it was, it was, oh yeah. And the irony of things, cause that was like a week off of the, of you catching that big fish at the mid. And I yeah, remember I, the, the first picture you sent, could you describe that first, I think it was your first fish you pulled out of wild horse. Could you describe the size, the sheer behemoth size <laughs> of that fish. Yeah, I remember, I remember you said you liked that on the uh, the Instagram. So my my second most recent picture is my my huge pyramid fish, and then my first fish I caught out at Wild Horse was, I mean, maybe a two inch long perch. Yeah, so, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. I had to show. <laughs> not every fish you catch is big. <laughs> yeah, it was almost. I had the illusion of like, is that the bait? <laughs> I, I thought about it. I was like, I should probably just drop that back in. <laughs> That's I pull out a lot of small fish out of that pond. And, you know, uh, Brandon Bess on one of our episodes, he said it best. The tug is the drug. Yeah. Yes. And just getting that fish on the line. It's just great. You feel that bite. I just love it. Yeah, you know, the the size of the fish doesn't really tell you what the fight's going to be like. No. Right. No. Yeah, well, most of the time it's surprising. It's usually like an opposite effect where you're like, oh, man, this is a real humdinger. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Like most of the time, sometimes those ones that fight kind of hard, well, they'll fit through the shame hole. Ben can explain the shame hole on his net. He's got it built in. But, uh. Yes, the holes of the net are not consistently small. And I keep I keep telling myself I'm going to get a new net, but I have to use this the shame hole is is, is the gauge of of if it was worth it or not. 
basically, <laughs> if the fish is too small, it will have the ability to wiggle through the net. And yep. I've had a, I've had a few do that. And then once they go through the net, I'm like, you know what? I can't get a new net because this this will tell me if it was worth it or not. But like I said before, I'll, I'll take it all day long, even if they even if they don't pass the shame meter. Yep. <laughs> Unless you're at pyramid, it's kind of awkward when they're smaller. And a small small fish at pyramid, <laughs> a small fish at pyramid still, you know, 18 or 20 inches. It, right? It, it's isn't it funny the attitude out there and and and, and Ben you'll you'll get to experience this. It's just like the smallest one, which will be your most disappointing catch, would be a great catch on the river. Yep. You right. know, you're like, oh, what? You're like, oh, man, that thing's like three pounds? Poo. You know, <laughs> like, you know, you, you try not even to bring it to the net. You're like, shake it off. <laughs> uh, it's a snag, you know, but... Um, so, hey, Eric, why don't, why don't, before we go here, why don't you... Um, where where can where can someone find Whitney Peak Hotel or you know if they're coming into town uh, what's what's a web address or whatnot that they can go to to yeah check so you, things you out? can you can find us at obviously WhitneyPeakHotel.com. Uh, we have a very large social presence so if you have Instagram Facebook I highly recommend just searching Whitney Peak Hotel um, we're on all the major sites obviously the can almost book us everywhere but. You know, in my opinion, obviously, I'm the general manager. We are the greatest hotel in Reno. Dude, hands down. Like, hands, hands down. Hands down. I, I stand by that. Yeah. Hands, hands down. It, it, you know, it's just, just, just to iterate on that, it's so cool. Like, you guys are pretty much, like, smack dab in the middle of downtown, and it's kind of like, okay, you got some bigger buildings around you. But it's like right when you walk to that front door, kind of have a nice grand lobby entrance. You know, and then you got the cafe to one side, and then you got the elevators, and you're like, man, what's going on here? And you go up those elevators, and you get into your room, and you open the door to those rooms. You're like, whoa, like you would not expect that, you know? So, yeah. and, and, you know, and we, and again, without the, the red tape of a big brand, we get pretty creative. So if you do stay with us, you know, add something to the notes. You never know what we can do. Uh, a good example is about three years ago before – or. Actually, it was probably longer than that. I guess five years ago, before I was the GM, I was the assistant GM, and somebody in the notes just wrote a comment. I want a picture of Nicolas Cage in my bed. Mm-hmm. So my one of my <laughs> one of my front office managers asked me. I'm like, oh, absolutely, you know, print one off. And then we got the idea. Oh, let's put Nicolas Cage pictures all over his room. So, you know, we hit him under the toilet seat. We hit him when they when he'd opened the fridge. There was a picture of Nicolas Cage inside his pillow when you opened the windows. The guy loved it so much, he posted it to Reddit, and we were number one on the front page of Reddit. I think we had like two million hits on it. Just took off. So we really? like being unique. Great. We like yeah, we like taking care of people and we like those unique experiences. So highly recommend the notes section, even if you don't stay with us at any hotel. You know, write what you want, write something crazy, and a lot of hotels will take care of you. Wow, that is an incredible, incredible story. Mm-hmm. Um Wow. I mean, a Nicolas Cage room. Oh yeah. I was, and, and you know, all the Nicolas Cage memes. So a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of these pictures were not the, the best pictures of Nicolas Cage. Right. Right. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love it. And then yeah. you have that star power throughout that whole hotel. You walk through all the paintings, you'll see all kinds of different, 
musical artists, Hollywood yeah. stars, celebrities, and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, we have a we have a thousand capacity music venue. Yeah, it's not open right now, but we've had a lot of stars stay with us, a lot of big people. So yeah, and your rock climbing wall. Yeah, the we have gym a gym and the wall. Yep, another another amenity. I guess it's the last one we haven't talked about. We have a a climbing gym on the second floor, and then on the outside of the building, we have the tallest artificial attached climbing wall in the world. It's 16 stories. It literally scales the side of the building. There's a part where you're completely upside down, probably about 10 stories high. Uh, Very cool. Then we have a bouldering park inside. We have a speed wall. I think we're one of two in the nation with an actual speed wall. That's a speed wall is the same wall that you're going to see in the Olympics. Climbing is going to make the Olympics this next go around. And we have, professionals training at our hotel constantly so it's a big big thing that's awesome that's awesome there's a lot going on there i love it i love it um well awesome thank you so much eric for coming back and visiting us we we loved hearing from you and about your adventures and i would encourage any of our listeners hey if you're coming to town or if you're doing any activity anywhere near reno uh whitney peak is really worth worth a look it really is so well, thank you, guys. I, I appreciate you having me again. Thank you. No, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and thanks again. And uh, you know what? We'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Maybe we'll catch back up with you after your Ruby trip. We like to hear all about that. So Awesome. Super stoked. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, and until next time, tight lines.
keep my front end jumping. The 15s in my trunk keep the stereo bumping. <laughs> 